0: Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in 3, 2, 1. We need a second. And as you share that, we will read the book of Luke 22, verse 7 to 20. All right. Keep that in mind. We're going to come back to that as we um, as we go through our sermon today. Today we read around and we study the book of Luke um, chapter 22, verse 7 to 20. We are going to read together um, as a family want to go. Then came the day of the unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John go and prepare the Passover for us that we may. Behold, He reclined at the table and he said to them for I tell you for I tell you and he took the bread likewise and likewise the cup after you have you had they had eaten saying this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood that's the word of the lord you may have your seats this morning I'd like to thank the leadership of the church for giving me this opportunity to share God's word. Um, and over the last two weeks, we have been taking a journey to the cross. We've dubbed this sermon series in the, in the month of April, a journey to the cross. And, um, we have been looking at the, at the significance of the death, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The significance that that has in our lives today. We've already established through the different sermons that Jesus is who he claimed to be. That's what Pastor Martin was teaching us last week. That Jesus is who that he claimed to be he is God that Jesus had what he claimed to have power to forgive sins and that Jesus did what he claimed that he will do he offered all of us forgiveness everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life today we take we back up a little bit and um, look at a few verses that we've just read and take a study on one of the most significant meals that was hosted by jesus as he prepared for the cross on his journey to the cross this supper is highlighted by three people in the gospels that is matthew mark and luke um and they there are a lot of similarities um they give specifics on when it happened how it happened who was there when it, it was happening and um and uh And who was there. Later on, we see Paul talking in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 um, about the instruction on how we can, how we are to take the Lord's Supper together. And that's what we are going to spend time doing this morning. The timing of the most significant meals, the last meal happens at a very Opportune and definite time that we will look at fast and then see how we can compare the Passover meal That is when the Last Supper happened and the Last Supper. That's the Lord's Supper And so for those who are taking notes, our sermon outline looks like this What is the Last Supper or the Lord's Passover or the Lord's Supper or the Holy Communion as we know it today? We are going to be, um, I'm going to be using those words interchangeably Why we practice the Last Supper who is meant to share at the lord's table the lord's uh at the holy communion and how we are to practice it as christians now what is the lord's supper as i had mentioned earlier matthew mark and luke highlight specifically the day that the lord's supper happened and this is in luke 22 verse 7 we've just read then came the day of the unleavened bread on which the passover lamb had to be crucified it was in the same month and at the same time of the month. That God through Moses had brought the Israelites out of Egypt. We read this in Exodus chapter 12 when God instituted the Passover. Now this note will help us to understand the background of the Last Supper in a better way. In Exodus 12, we read about the last plague that God would allow the Egyptians um, and, the, and the Israelites to go through before they came out of Egypt. Remember the Israelites were slaves in the land of Egypt for centuries, almost 400 years. This is despite of God's promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob and their offspring, uh, that their offspring will live free in the land of Canaan. After being oppressed for very many years, God through his sovereign power decides to set his people, the Israelites free. Now he judges the, the Egyptians and the Israelites through nine plagues that, we, that you can study from the book of Exodus 7 to 11. In this last plague, the Lord, through his justice on one hand and mercy on the other, decides to kill the firstborn sons and humans um, as he sets the Israelites free. The only exception would be to the Israelites who would follow the instructions found in Exodus 12. And we are going to look at that now. And we read that then said, uh, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months, it shall be the first month of the year for you. Just notice how the Lord changes the Israelites' calendar through verse 2. Tell all the generations of Israel of Israel that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamp according to their father's house, a lamp for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamp, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons according to what each can eat you shall make your count for the lamb your lamb shall eat uh, shall be without blemish a male year old you may take it from the sheep or from the goats and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this man when the whole assembly of the congregation of israel shall kill their lambs at twilight Then they they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost and lintel of their houses in which they ate it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. We move on to verse 13. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you. Uh, Before you to destroy you when i strike the land of egypt verse 14 these days shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the lord throughout your generations as a statute forever you shall keep it as a feast and as you continue reading you see the instructions around the passover um continue so the passover was a festival that would help the israelites to remember who their god was and what um and what God had done for them. They, and they do this through different generations continually remembering how God had set them free from the oppression of the Egyptians. In Luke 22, as we've just read, we see Jesus deciding to interrupt this moment of celebrating the Passover initiated by God thousands of years ago to institute one of the greatest church ordinances or practices that we have today. He institutes a definite way of remembering not just freedom from physical oppression, but freedom from sin, from from sin and from death, spiritual sin and death. When you look at the Passover closely, you realize that the celebration was pointing us directly to Jesus. Jesus fulfills the Passover. He fulfills the real meaning and starts a new celebration that will be known as the Lord's Supper. Now when it was expected that each household, as we've studied in Exodus 12, that each household um, would provide a lamb to be sacrificed, Jesus presents himself as the lamb that would be sacrificed, not just for one household, but to all humanity. Like the Passover lamb, he was a mature male. None of his bones were broken. John, um, as we read in John 1936, he was thoroughly examined and found spotless. And he was slain for our sins, as we see in Revelation 1, 5, or 1 Corinthians 15, 3. He's not only partaking in the Passover that night, but he decides to be part of the Passover lamb. And he instructs his people to remember him and do, and do what uh, he was sent to do, that he was indeed Jesus. And he had come to do what God has sent him to do. And this was... Now what we know as the Lord's Supper or the Holy Communion today. So why do we practice the Lord's Supper? And we're going to look at three reasons why we do that. We do this as a reminder of his redemption. We do this as a confession of his redemption. We do this as an anticipation of his redemption. The Lord's Supper is a reminder of his redemption or his salvation to all mankind in exodus in exodus the israelites are given instructions as we've read through they're given instructions to remind them what they had been saved from and this was from slavery from injustices from murder at the hand of the egyptians god was aware that his people will go through different seasons in their lives they will go through victories they will go through defeats Um, during wars they would go through happy seasons they would go through happy seasons of abundance they would go through seasons of luck they would go through the breaking of the 12 tribes of israel them being in captivity and he knew that they there was a potential of them forgetting where they had come from and who their god was And so he instructs them, as we see in verse 26, And and when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he has passed over the houses uh, of the people of Israel in Egypt when when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. He knew that they would go through different seasons and he knew that they they would forget. And even after being told this, we see in the book of 2 Kings 23 21 that they had forgotten the importance, the real meaning of the Passover. Read in 2 Kings uh, 23, learning on how King Josiah restored the Passover when. He commanded all the people saying that keep the passover to the Lord your God as it is written in the book of the covenant such a passover surely had never been held since the days of the judges who judged Israel nor in the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah but in the 18th year of king Josiah this passover was held before the Lord in Jerusalem we see what God knew that would happen happening Jesus as well knows and he knew very well that his disciples, his apostles, us today would go through extreme seasons in our lives that would shake our faith and hope in him. That is why he mentions in verse 15, in verse 19, um, do this in remembrance of me. He says, and he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we have persecution we see the persecution of the church of the early church the saints we see illnesses pandemics in our day to day the pandemics that it that we were just coming out of or even death of our loved ones we we experience breaking of marriages we experience loss of what we hold dear to most we again experience good seasons in our lives marriages happening birthdays promotions Different things happening in our lives that have the potential of us forgetting what Jesus did for us. On the cross and he knows this when he says do this in remembrance of me he knew that something will shake his people that is you and I to the call and that the only thing that would keep us going is the realization that he's still on the throne that even though we go through different troubles as a church and as individuals we are to take heart for he has overcome the world he therefore instructs us to remember him who he is he's our shepherd He's our way, our truth, the resurrection and the life. Um, He's our provider. He's our strength uh, when we need Him. And we need Him always. We have to remember that in every season of our lives through the practice of the Lord's Supper. It's a reminder not just of physical freedom, but also of eternal freedom that we have in Him. It is a reminder that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So when you have guilt and when you have shame, when you're going through that season when you 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 feel ashamed of the th- because of the things that are, you're going through in your life remember that jesus christ is the lamb of god who has the power to take away the sin your sin it is a beautiful reminder that what was started in exodus 12 the passover is ultimately fulfilled in the gospels through jesus christ he is the ultimate substitution for the punishment that we were to face as as individuals now in egypt the substitution sacrifice was the blood of a lamb when you had sinned at that time death was a definite thing for you and they presented a lamb or a goat that had no blemish that would act as a substitute to your sins but today um, as we see in the In the book of Luke, as we see, Jesus is the ultimate substitution through the shedding of his blood. Whenever we have an opportunity to remember God's act of salvation, his eternal and pure love and his saving grace, may we do it joyfully, even amidst trials, when you're going through trials or losses, when you're going through triumphs and victories and gain, may may the remembering of his redemption act as a... As a ceremony for us to remember what he has done for us on the cross. And the second thing that we read around why we celebrate the the Lord's Supper is that it is a confession of his redemption. So that is in the past. This is in the present. This is both a confession to self and a confession to one another. It is a confession to self on what you already know, that Christ, who is righteous, suffered once for your sins while you were unrighteous, that he brought you closer to God. And it is also a confession one to another, an encouragement that we have from one Christian, one believer to another, of what Christ has done for us. In Luke 22, verse 17, we read, Um, Jesus giving an instruction that take this and divide it amongst yourself. You can only divide something when you are with someone else. It is a challenge to do this communally. It is a challenge for us to celebrate the lord's supper communally in god's presence confessing together in unity and of the saving grace of our lord jesus christ not only builds our faith as christians but it also strengthens our faith as christians this is alluded by paul in first corinthians 11 when he's reminding the church of corinth the significance of the lord's supper he always continually says and you are going to read this Um, when you come together to do this, when you come together. The latter generations of the Israelites used to confess how God had saved them from Egypt through singings of Psalms. And these psalms are called the Halels. The psalm of the Hallel was sung as part of the Passover ceremony. And we see Psalm 113 and 14 sung before the meal. And Psalm 115 to 18 sung after the meal. This was a communal confession for them of what God had done for them in the land of Egypt. And therefore together... As Christians, as the body of Christ, we confess the Lord's redemption from our sins as a result of his overwhelming love for us. That he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. That is what we do when we come together. The second thing is that we confess the Lord's triumph over our sins through the establishment of a new covenant and an end of the covenant that God had made when he took the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. In Luke 22 verse 20, the same scripture that we have read, we see Jesus saying that this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This new covenant is is a greater and more powerful than the early on. it is not a covenant made through the blood of the goats or calves but through the blood of jesus himself without any blemish who before god purifies our conscience from dead works um, as we serve him this is what we confess as christians when we come together um, as believers that i need no other argument i am in need of no other plea that it is enough. That Jesus died, and that He died for me. And this for us is pure worship. Now, would this confession free you free you from any guilt or shame that you might have at this particular time? May it help you to realize that you are now free to access Jesus Christ, and that your relationship with Him is intact. May it also fuel hunger to you and to the people around you to know this Jesus more and to relate with him like never before through prayer, through Bible study, through communing with other people in your life groups, the community life groups, in different fellowships that you find yourselves in. May this act as a space for you to encourage one another in faith, uh, confessing God's saving grace with other people. The third thing that we... That of why we celebrate the Lord's communion is we do it as an anticipation of his redemption, of his saving, the fulfillment of his saving grace. The first words of Jesus as he was instituting the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, were that he had honestly desired to eat the Passover with the disciples before he suffers. We read in verse 16, verse 16, for I tell you, I will not eat it until... It is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Paul's instructions that we see in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six is for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We are anticipating the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This indicates that we are to do this. Um, that we are to do this even as we anticipate the Lord's return to earth at the marriage supper of the Lamb, where all the redeemed believers from all nations, all tribes, every space on this on this earth, as we know it, will be gathered together. As one. This will be the fulfillment of God's kingdom. And we read that in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 19, when John writes, That then I heard what seemed to be a voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of many peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, "Write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb." And He said to me, "These are the true words." Of God, church, celebrating the Lord's Supper helps us and should always help us to express our sure hope of the Lord's return—that the Lord is coming back. This is a challenge to all of us, to you and to me, and every other believer who's watching us online, to have a bird's eye view in everything that we do. That this is not just a temporal state that we—that this is just a temporal state that we are in. As we sincerely and eagerly anticipate the coming of jesus christ so do not therefore as we are instructed in the scriptures get comfortable do not settle do not mourn like the unbelievers but stay focused on the one who is to come do everything that you can raise your children lead that organization start that business evangelize to others influence uh, your community make other disciples study walk think drink do anything that you do knowing that jesus christ is coming back with an eternal mindset that he is coming back and so who participates in the lord's supper those who participate in the lord's supper publicly affirm that they do not only believe in the gospel the finished work of the finished work of the cross but they are also conscious and respond By seeking to live by it. That's why we normally say that we are becoming Christ-like disciples. We are becoming Christ-like disciples in our faith in God. Remember that this act affirms God's promise of salvation to all people from all nations and tribes. And that his promise is fulfilled by Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Now just as the same way that the Passover was to be practiced by God's chosen people. Those are the Israelites. The Lord's Supper is for every individual who has consciously decided to follow Jesus. It is only a believer who can truly remember of God's redemption. It's only a believer who can truly anticipate that that Jesus Christ is coming back. It is only a believer who can confess of what God has done for him. And when I think about it, I see the Lord's Supper as an opportunity for us to evangelize, for us to work with other people, for us to talk about what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. And so you can take the advantage of sharing the Lord's communion uh, with someone else, take, take the advantage of sharing the Lord's communion, to share about Christ's love with someone else, and hopefully... The next time that you hold it in your clg you're going to do it uh, you're going to be doing it with a new believer in your midst and that thing that we look at is when do we practice the lord's supper paul in the book of first corinthians 11 encourages us to do it as often uh, as we can as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the lord's return until he comes this is a principle given rather than a legalistic way of sharing communion. And we've had very many arguments around this. What matters most is that we do not abuse or take this sacred practice for granted. This simply means that one, that one thing should be clear. That it is honorable and a special ordinance that should make us better Christians and not worse Christians. That what we do should bring us together and not divide us. It should not bring quarrel, but pure joy that can only be found with us being united as one and in Jesus Christ. The encouragement here that we read in First Corinthians 11 is, is to share communion as often as we can. Understand that it is understand what it is and who it represents. To recognize that you are a sinner and thus a recipient of God's grace and forgiveness at an amazing cost is a precious thing for us to do as Christians. Now here in Karura, you see us practicing it once every month simply because of logistical reasons. But we encourage you in your different fellowships, in your CLGs to do it as often as you can. And how do we practice the Lord's Supper? Instructions on how to practice the Passover meal are laid out in Exodus 12. And we have just gone through that. Even though some of those practices kept changing through different seasons, e.g. the sprinkling of blood on doorposts, we see them laid out well in Exodus 12. It is also so interesting to know that Jesus used the same meal um, that was used by the israelites for his elements in luke um in luke 22. in exodus 12 we read that they shall eat the flesh that night of a lamb jesus decides to present himself as the lamb that was to be slain roasted in the fire with unleavened bread we see jesus using bread and we also see jesus using wine that was normally used in the passover the unleavened bread points us or represents. Um, Jesus body and we read that on the night when he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me the bread here is used as a source of life Jesus Jesus um, describes himself in John 6:48 that I am the bread of life that is what was common in that day the bread is what was common on that day we again see the wine pointing us to the shedding of his blood in verse 25 in the same way he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in, rem- in remembrance of me these two are definitive symbols of the new covenant in christ bringing an end to the old covenant they are a representation meaning that you can use any other element, still observing the main purpose of sharing at the lord's table do not lose the meaning and the purpose of sharing at the lord's table the second thing that we have to do is to have an attitude a heart attitude as we are told by Paul, that we are required to examine ourselves, knowing that very well that the Lord Jesus himself by his spirit is dwelling among us as we share the communion. What a privilege and wonder this is, that when we are happy celebrating, when we are sad, when we are heartbroken, when we are struck by guilt or shame. We know that the one who loves us most, we know that the one who is most pure, we know that the one who is most gentle to us, the one who is right and just in our lives is right there with us. And we are also warned on not to disrespect communion or the Lord's Supper through selfishness or arrogance. And we read in First Corinthians eleven twenty-seven that whoever therefore eats and then we see later on uh, in verse 32, but when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at his home so that when you come together, it will, it will not just be to, for self gain as, as an individual. When we decide to share communion together, church, Wherever we find ourselves, in our different fellowships or in our CLGs, when we decide to take the bread and drink the wine, we remind ourselves and each other of the high costs that Jesus paid in order to to redeem us from sin and from death. We recognize and remember what he has done for you and for me on the cross. So we remember what Jesus Christ, that he came to set you and to set me free. And that is an honor for every individual. It's a form of worship for us as believers. It is an encouragement for us to keep on growing as individuals, as a church in our faith in God. It is an opportunity for us to evangelize. It's an opportunity for us to disciple one another. and. Pass this practice to other generations so that they will not also forget what Jesus Christ has done for us. It is an opportunity for us to reflect in thanksgiving of what Christ has done for us. It's a, an opportunity for us to anticipate together the coming back of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to invite the worship team to join me here on stage and Reverend Gary who will help us to share communion who will lead us in sharing communion this morning. And I'd like to encourage you that remember what you shared today um, as I was studying the sermon on your favorite meal? Would you create an opportunity to share communion whenever you have an opportunity uh, in your CLGs or in whatever fellowships that you find yourselves in? Make room to share this meal with fellow believers in good times, in bad times, in happy times, in your gatherings as Christians let us remind ourselves of what god has done for us let us confess of what god has done for us let us anticipate what god will do for us at the marriage um, in revelation 19 as we have studied at the marriage Lamb..
1: amen amen praise the lord for all that he has done and what he has given to us thank you so much for breaking that word um, for us pastor wallace um, as we have just been told by by Pastor Wallace, we should never come to the table of the Lord carelessly. Um, and I want to just, by the way, just informing those people at home, if, please, if you're ready for, for the, uh, we hope that you're ready. If you're not, you can just try and organise something quickly. Uh, but as you have heard, this is a special remembrance, and we can do this together. But do not come. We have been told, do not come carelessly to the table. And I want to give us an opportunity right now before we take and partake together. um, Two things um, to remember. First of all, that when Jesus said this about eating and drinking this, it was a command. It's not something that we were just told, you know, just as often as you feel like it, it's as often as you do it. It's something that we are to do. Uh, But secondly, we come to Jesus because he is the blood of the... He, he is the, the Lamb of God. And he has actually dealt with those things that you sometimes feel so unclean about. Um, some people feel that they can't come to communion because of something that they have done. I want to tell you that that something that you did is what Jesus died on the cross for. And so you can, you can come to him. So I want to, to just take a moment. Just take a moment... Uh, before the lord if you haven't yet had your communion by the way the ushers are taking it round so if you had missed it please do take it if you are a believer please do um, pick up the elements but take a moment just before the lord ask him to search you and if there is something that you need to bring to him bring it to him the bible says in first john chapter one if we claim to be without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us not for just the unrighteousness that we have remembered but from all unrighteousness just take a moment come to him and receive what god has given Father, I'm so thankful that even now, as we come before you, knowing our own sinfulness, we are coming to the perfect one, before whom even those guys like Moses and others were afraid to come because of your perfection, that to come and meet together with you would be certain death because of our uncleanness. Yet we thank you because jesus went to the cross that he died for us so that we will not die instead we have everlasting life brothers and sisters be aware that you are forgiven the lord has forgiven you in christ he has purified you from all unrighteousness that is his word It is based on justice because the lamb, Jesus Christ, was killed to pay for your sins. You do not go through that condemnation ever again. The condemnation of death has been lifted off you and you are made clean before God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin. And then he says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, with confidence. Walk in to the presence of God. Walk in with confidence. So do you believe? Do you believe? Have you received this that has sorted out and put everything in the past? A redemption that is done. Do you confess it as a reality for you today? That you live in this state, that you are a redeemed person and are you looking forward into that future? Into that future of the marriage supper of the Lamb. If that is so, then I'd like to ask you to just take your elements. um, Pick up the bread. We've been told to wait for one another and so let's not we, we we let's do this together in First Corinthians chapter eleven. I read from verse twenty-three what Paul was instructed and brings on to all of us. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body which is for you do this in remembrance in remembrance of me let us eat together take up your cup. And says, in the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us drink together of the cup. remember you Jesus we remember all that you have done we are thankful so so thankful that you are willing to go all the way to the cross for us and to give us this new life and that this new life is not just for now it is for eternity thank you thank you so much Bible goes on and says for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes whenever you eat and drink whenever do it it says whenever you eat this and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us live forward into a future that is eternal because he has done it our Lord our Lord has done it. And so, Lord, we rejoice in this meal. We are thankful, Lord, in this, in this gift that you have given to us that is communion. We are thankful that in the hard times and in the good times, in the, in the blah times, the times that seem to just not be working out well, you are there and you have already sorted it all out. You have dealt with everything that we carry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you that we are part of the family of God, eternal, that each and every one of us who has believed is a child of God, a member of that family that knows there is rejoicing ahead. No matter what else might happen, there is a rejoicing that will not be, it will not be comparable to anything we know. It'll wipe away every tear. It'll remove every shadow in our hearts. Thank you that we can live with that anticipation. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is my prayer that we will truly, truly, every time we take communion, remember what the Lord has done and therefore make it a meal that we truly, truly rejoice in. May it be, as we were being challenged to think, the favorite meal of your life and my life. Amen? Amen.
0: Has this message challenged you? We hope that it has been a blessing in your life. If you would like to give your life to Christ, or talk to, or pray with someone, kindly reach us on WhatsApp 0721-990-880.
1: God bless you.